What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Welcome into another Baseball America podcast. I'm Kyle Glazer. We're continuing our Team Top 10 Prospects podcast series today with the Kansas City Royals. We're going to look at new number one prospect Gavin Cross, get an update on top pitchers Ben Caderna and Frank Mazzucato, and hear about some sleepers in the farm system who could help the Royals in a few years. To do all that, I am joined by Bill Mitchell, who did the Royals farm system rankings for us. Bill, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Kyle. I always enjoy uh, podcasting with you. Yeah, absolutely. Bill, how many years have you done the Royal system for us now here at BA? It's like five or six years. I think this was about the fifth year, maybe the sixth year. <laughs> I had to go back and look at the my prospect handbooks. So you've seen kind of the, the rise and fall. And Bill, I think before we dive into the farm system, we have to start with this is an organization that reached back-to-back World Series in 2014-2015, stayed relatively competitive 2016 and and into 2017 as well, decided to go into a full-blown rebuild after the 2017 season. And look, just to be blunt about it, the rebuild failed. After five years, you're still in last place and your GM gets fired. That is a failed rebuild. So where does this organization go from here? Dayton Moore is no longer the GM. JJ Piccolo was elevated to take his place. What's next and, and where is this organization? There are a lot of new people coming in this year. Uh, They added some new prospects when they did trades. But when I uh, first took over the Royals uh, doing their report, they were ranked either 29th or 30th in farm systems. They gradually built that up. uh, And I don't know how high we got them on our list. But uh, as of last year, they were back to number 30. Now, that's in part because they graduated so many players uh, from the year before. I think... uh, from my 2022 list to the 2023 list, there were at least 10 players who made their major league debuts and had enough time to no longer qualify or li- qualify for our list, which is what a farm system should be doing. So their system falling down and you know dropping t- towards the, back, the rankings, that's not surprisingly. But in part of that, too, is... Their pitching development was not good this past year, uh, and that's you know there's no other way to put it that uh, their pitching development was just not good. It really went backwards, and th- th- they needed to make some changes. And uh, of course, the pitching coach at the big league level, Cal Eldred, was let go, and they brought in Brian Sweeney from Cleveland. And we know that Cleveland is very good at developing pitchers. So the Royals, I think, are hoping hoping that uh, Sweeney and uh, some other people that have come in can get the pitching development back on track because uh, it, it was not good last year. Uh, with the exception of a of, of a, a few pitchers, it really made uh, it took steps forward. 
Yeah, it's not just the pitching coach that's changed. Uh, Matt Quattraro is taking over as manager for Mike Matheny. So you have a new GM, although he was someone who was in the organization. New manager, new pitching coach. This organization did make wholesale changes. In terms of player development in the minor leagues, what are going to be the things to watch for there? You mentioned the pitching development. A lot of these guys were very, very, very rushed. Um, Brady Singer, Daniel Lynch, Chris Bubich, Jackson Kowar, most of whom were brought up having not pitched above double A. A few of them hadn't pitched above high A before they were brought to the majors. What's next beyond just, hey, let's not rush guys? What are some of the changes they're making? Because as you mentioned, the pitching development has really been in the crosshairs, and, and rightly so, because it, it just frankly has not been good. The first thing I wanted to see when uh, the spring training uh, starts, and I'm sure behind the scenes are already working uh, with a lot of the pitchers, but you wrote an article about prospects that haven't quite lived up. They were once top 100 prospects. They haven't quite lived up to expectations. And one of the ones you had on that list was Daniel Lynch. Uh, I think you said in the past he had three plus pitches uh, and he just didn't have a great year. Jackson Kowar has really struggled uh, uh, in the major leagues on the chances he's had it's that'll be the first thing we'll be able to look at is how how do they look in spring training what changes have they made and then with Sweeney being the big league coach uh big league pitching coach what's going to go down into the minor leagues where we had pitchers like Asa Lacey who yes he's had some injury problems but he hasn't been able to consistently throw strikes uh uh, there and there are other pitchers that we just you know just went backwards in the system. So that'll be the other key point: is what gets done in the major leagues, how does it get uh, transferred down into the minor leagues? And with you know they've got some outstanding pitching coaches in uh, in the minor league system and coordinators. Uh, so if they get the big league pitching development straightened out, and that helps the minor league uh, development, uh, that that'll be good for them. Yeah, that's certainly what they need. And you mentioned there was one positive. Brady Singer did take a step forward last year. And, and you'll remember he was another guy who was rushed, but he at least had a little bit of double A time and he had to get sent back down to the minors to figure it out. And he eventually did. So there is talent here. And I think when you look at the Royals as a team, you see you mentioned a lot of guys graduated last year uh, from last year's top 10. Among them, Bobby Witt Jr. had a, a solid rookie year, has some things to work on, but showed some good things. Vinny Pasquantino made his debut and certainly looks like a really, really good player. And you have guys like MJ Melendez, who came up at the very least, provided some power. Michael Massey made his debut. I mean, there there are players to work with here. And, and again, Brady Singer had a good year. Daniel Lynch is very talented. We have to see if he can figure it out. It's not like this is a team that has nothing, but it's not enough. They still need a lot. This was a team that was in last place in the AL Central last year. They were 65 and 97. That was the culmination of a five-year rebuild. How much longer is it going to be? Because you look at this team, there's a lot of holes still in this lineup and in this bullpen and on this pitching staff. This, this seems like a team that almost has to go do another five-year rebuild to get back to being competitive. Is that too pessimistic? It, I think it could be. Uh, there, It is a deep system. Uh, you know, when it's when it's time for me to cut down to a top 30 for the handbook or a top 40, there are a lot of players that I leave off that I wish, oh, I wish I could get them in there. Uh, so there is some depth to the system. It's a matter of, of developing that depth. Uh, as I said, they also brought in a lot through trades. So, you know, one that uh, wound up in the top 10, I, we have from ranked third in the organization is Drew Waters. Uh, I believe you're familiar with him from his time with Atlanta. and 
you know, he can play outfield, he can run, he can field, he can throw. It was uh, with the Braves, it was making good contact. Uh, and that, you know, that was the making consistent contact. He, he improved, showed a lot more uh, once he got to the Kansas City system. And in talking to, to hitting coordinators, it was really just getting a change of scenery and getting comfortable and getting confidence in his swing. Uh, the very few minor adjust, uh, you know, very few adjustments made to the swing. So if you can have players like Drew uh, Waters, who did get to the big leagues this year briefly and, and handle himself well, uh, if you can get players like him, uh, you know, at least breaking out in some, some manner uh, and the players that have been to the big leagues now, Nick Prado, uh, played half the season at least in the big leagues uh if he can improve his uh, what he did there mj melendez Vinny pasquin pasquantino he, he's he's the man but uh, uh but you know having him for a full season so uh it really gets down to i think the pitching more than anything and, and what they can do with the pitching talent they have in the system all right, Bill, I, I do want to dive into this system. You mentioned the hope is here. It's in the future. It's certainly not in the present. Gavin Cross, who was their first round pick this year, is now their number one overall prospect. It was a really, really decorated hitter at Virginia Tech, someone that was pretty consistently seen as, as a top 10 type of talent throughout the draft cycle. The Royals ended up making him the ninth overall pick, gave him a bonus of just over $5 million. And again, short sample, low way as a college hitter, you don't want to read too much into it. But he performed well in his pro debut, which is always better than the alternative. What do the Royals have here in Gavin Cross, and what kind of player can he be for them? What's interesting with Cross, and I, I, I dug, had to dig deep on him in writing the report for the Prospect Handbook because he's a number one prospect. But I got even a little deeper recently with uh, when our monthly organization reports were covering someone from each organization that was on the recent top 100 prospect list from Baseball America. So I actually talked to Gavin and uh, uh, got to know him a little bit, uh, got to understand what's, you know, where he's coming from when he's uh, hitting. Um, and the way I started the article, I shouldn't, it hasn't posted yet, but uh, a sneak preview is that talk to him and you think you're talking to a hitting coach. Now, his father <laughs> was a coach, uh, coach a lot of his travel teams. And I talked to him about that. And, you know, he says, you've got to be your own hitting coach. But, um, and, and that applies to everybody, but I don't, I don't know that every hitter goes into the approach that Gavin Cross does and goes to it that deeply. Uh, the other thing that stood out is in talking to scouts about him, it's, you know, I get some, he's going to, he's going to be power over hit instead of hit over power. And I talked to him about that and he always thinks hit first, but as he's gotten stronger, the power has come. So he believes, and uh, the hitting coordinators that I talked to believe that he will be able to be a hybrid uh, hit for a decent average and hit for power too. Yeah, I mean, that's what you want to see. Those are the best players, the guys who can do both. He's a very, very, very advanced hitter in a lot of ways, as you mentioned. Uh, we have seen the Royals. We've talked about their shortcomings in pitching development. You know, their position player development has been fairly solid. What's the kind of timeline we're talking about here in terms of could he be a quick mover? And, and ultimately, what will his impact be when he does get to Kansas City? I believe he can move fairly quickly. Uh, okay, he spent the end of the year in, in low A. I expect that he'll go to high A coming out of spring training, but I can see him making double A uh, at some point in the season. 
And once you're at double A, you're not that far from the big leagues. Uh, so uh, if, you know, if he can handle double A well next year, I certainly could see him hitting, getting into the big leagues by 2024 at some point, maybe not at the beginning of the year, but uh, you know, there, there's going to be a position for him out there. Uh, he was a center fielder at Virginia Tech. Everybody uh, pretty much agrees that, no, he's uh, he's not going to stay in center field, but he's got the arm for right field. Um, I got everything from above average to plus grades on his arm. So um, you're, you're looking at the future starting right fielder for the Royals uh, in two to three years. Yeah, certainly, again, a, a very talented hitter. A lot of people have thought very highly of Bill. Gavin Cross was the clear-cut number one prospect in the system. He was the only top 100 prospect for the Royals and, and frankly, was the only Royals prospect in the conversation for a top 100 spot. Take us through this next group, two, three, four. You mentioned you have some guys who are high draft picks. Caden Wallace uh, this past year, uh, Ben Kaderna and Frank Mazzucato were well-known picks. You mentioned Drew Waters acquired in the trade with the Braves and, and certainly has some prospect pedigree. How did you kind of stack this next group up and how fluid was it? Uh, the next group uh, starts then at number two with Caden Walls, the third baseman from um, Alabama. Am I right? Alabama. Arkansas. Yeah. Arkansas. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, Caden. I didn't mean to make that mistake. It's it's off season. But Caden uh, Wallace, uh, they're looking at uh, third base has been kind of a hole for the Royals for a number of years. They haven't had a good, solid player there. Uh, yes, Bobby Witt debuted there this year, uh, but then wound up uh, shortstop. And he's going to be a shortstop. He'll be their starting shortstop uh, this year. But uh, Caden Wallace will be, he's advanced enough, he will be on the same track as as Cross. I would expect those two to move up through the system uh, together. And uh, yeah, I could see him hitting the big leagues around the same time uh, as Cross. Yeah, what kind of player does he project to be? You mentioned he's kind of the clear number two here. I mean, how impactful of a player are we talking about? He's going to, you know, he's a first, uh, you know, I, you profile him as a first division starter. Uh, we have him as a 50 high in our grading system. Uh, you know, all the tools are average to above average uh, until you get to the arm, which is a plus arm. Uh, so, uh, you know, he'll be suited for third base. He's an above average defender there with a plus arm. Um you know, hit tool, a power tool, or above average. Uh, so, uh, you know, it sounds like a starting third base in there. Yeah, again, you mentioned these two guys being kind of the top two, and, and both of them project to be starters for the Royals. Moving into, you know, three, four, five, are these guys that project to be, you know, starters or, or somewhat, you know, regular performers for the Royals, or does it drop into kind of part-time players here pretty quickly? We uh, talked about Waters. He ranked at number three, uh, and uh, I certainly he could be a big league center fielder. Uh, what he projects to be, I think, is still a little uncertain because of some of the difficulties he did have at the plate uh, with the Atlanta system. We need to see him repeat what he did at Omaha and then what he did at Kansas City. We need to see that again next year. Uh, and I suspect he starts the year back in Omaha, uh, but. Um, then again, you never know uh, what the Royals have planned. Uh, you know, they still have Kyle Isbell. Uh, I think they've lost Michael Taylor now. He's gone elsewhere, I believe, correct? Uh, so there certainly yes. is, you know, outfield positions open uh, for Waters. And, you know, he'll go to spring training with every chance to uh, uh, make the opening day roster. Oh, the I big wonder... outfield that they have in Kauffman Stadium, he's a plus runner and a plus defender. So 
he fits in there. Bill, I want to talk about the two prep pitchers that the Royals took in the 2021 draft, Frank Mazzucato and Ben Kaderna. Uh, these two have kind of been paired together for a while. Now, the Royals went well, well, well above industry consensus to take Mazzucato seventh overall. Uh, they gave him a well below slot bonus. The idea, again, was to save money for later picks like Kaderna. But in doing so, they passed up a number of players who were better players. When you look at Andrew Painter, there was no one going into the draft that thought Frank Mazzucato was a better pitch than Andrew Painter. And here we are after their first full seasons, and there's definitely no question who the better player is. The early reviews on Mazzucato and Kaderna have been, they're super far away, Mazzucato especially. Where are these two guys here after their first full seasons? I got good reports on Kaderna, so much so when I was first laying out the top 10, I had him up there right behind Cross uh, at number two. And then we we juggled them around, uh, uh, worked Waters in there, worked Wallace in there. But still, Kaderna comes in at number four for his first season. And considering that neither he nor Mazzucato pitched outside the complex in any official games in the first year after being drafted. And then they go to low A. Uh, because there is no short season anymore for them to go to. Um, and Kadernan did fine. He just needs to continue to get stronger. Uh, he's still growing into his body. Uh, I think he was probably around 180 or 190 when he's drafted. And when I was getting updated weights on the players in the fall, he was around 215 to 220. So, he, uh, But there's still room on that frame to put on more strength. Uh, so that's uh, the big thing, just getting more repetitions. Uh, uh he uh, he can get it up into the high 90s at times. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot to like about Kaderna. Um, so, again, with both him and Mazzucato, when you figure this was they're going to low A for their first real pro experience. And I think Mazzucato started kind of slow. His strikeout rates were very well. He's got a still has a plus plus curveball. But uh, the walk rates were too high, and that's something to work on. Now, there are some observers that think he's a reliever down the line, but uh, it's still too early to make that decision. Yeah, I mean, the reports I was getting were Kaderna is probably a number four or five starter, and Mazzucato, it, it's tough to project him at all right now just because he's so, so, so far away. I mean, realistically, what are the odds that this works out the way the Royals hoped it would? I think we're still too far away for both of them to, uh, uh, you know, we, we can project, we can dream on them, but there's still a lot of development ahead for both of them. So, yeah, and I think this will be a, a key test for the new player development system. These two in particular, how these two do is going to be a, an interesting kind of benchmark for them. Right. All right, Bill. Well, we've uh, talked about the top half of this top 10. I want to talk to you a little more about some of the depth guys in the system and some of the top sleepers. Uh, we're going to do that here right after the break. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. What I love about using Indeed is how it does a lot of that organizational work for me. I can sort through candidates. I can respond to them. I can schedule interviews all through Indeed. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses, including Baseball America, that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. All right, welcome back to another Baseball America podcast. I'm Kyle Glazer here with Bill Mitchell breaking down the Royals farm system. All right, Bill, we've talked about the top guys in this top 10, all of whom have draft pedigree, have been known for a few years. And, you know, as you mentioned, all of whom, or at least the top three, have a chance to be everyday players. Kaderna and Mazzucato are super far away, but Kaderna, there are people who see number four or five starter, which is useful. And, and Mazzucato, maybe he grows into the type of pitcher the Royals hoped he would be. The back half of the system, at least from the outside looking in, this is where you start getting into the utility guys, the backup types. How do you kind of look at this organization from five to 10 and then really 11 to 30? Well, when you look at uh, five or six to 10, uh, we had Michael Garcia had an outstanding season. He still needs to get stronger, but he's a plus defender. Uh, and uh, the hit tool came along considerably. Uh, he hit some home runs, which he hadn't done earlier in his career. Uh, he had 11 home runs uh, split between double A and triple A and got a few games in the big leagues. So uh, he's gotten progressively better each year in the system. So uh, I think he's one to really watch. And maybe he's a utility infielder down the line, uh, especially with Witt probably at shortstop for the <laughs> for the foreseeable future. But uh Everybody agrees that he's a, he's a big leaguer. Uh, the other one that really jumped up this year was Tyler Gentry, who a year ago we did not even have him in the conversation for the top 30. Uh, he had a knee injury in his first pro season, and uh, that affected, uh, affected the swing, and uh, he only got into 73 games at high A. But um, he tore up high A when he went back to uh, quad cities, and then he tore up double A when he moved up there. So uh, that's you know one to see if if maybe he's their left fielder of the future. I want to follow but, up on Gentry. Tyler Gentry had one of the best seasons of any player in the minor leagues last year. And yeah, you mentioned going from not in the top thirty conversation to you know, one, again one of the best seasons in the minors. How real is it, and, and how much faith is there that what he did last year is sustainable long term? Generally, I believe the observers think that yes, uh, yeah, he's a legit hitter. Um, you know, there's still some development. Uh, you know, he's patient at the plate. He has a good knowledge of the strike zone, uh, and uh, he's he's got power. Uh, you know, we have above average power, above average to- hit tool. So, uh, kind of like I said with Gavin Cross, he's a combination of of hit and power. So. Um, 
let's uh, I, i'm guessing you know since he already conquered double a in half a season he goes to triple a and, and that's a big jump let's see how he does in triple a and that'll tell us a little more of what we have for the future with him bill this top 10 there's some guys here you know carter jensen didn't have a great year at low a columbia um but showed enough to get on the top 10 angel zerpa you know, Nick you know, zerpa, let me let me jump in about zerpa yeah. uh yeah we've had him on the list for several years before he even got the full season ball, they put him on the 40-man roster. And I know that organizations were in on him. So, uh, yeah, they would have lost him in Rule 5 uh, several years ago, if not. But uh, the more I dug into him this year, uh, that uh, he's got more velocity than most people think, but he throws strikes and he commands his pitches. And when it came to who else are we going to put in the top 10, uh, Zerpa was was the man. I, I, yeah, I He's... Uh, He's looked at more back of the rotation, swingman type, but uh, now, and that was in the past. Now we have scouts saying, no, I think he can be a four starter. So I think we don't want to say right now that he's probably going to be a reliever. Uh, right now, it's looking like a fourth or fifth starter for him. Yeah, I guess in fairness, in his limited big league time last year, he did show some good things, made three appearances, two starts. And yeah, you know, he, he pitched okay as a starter at Northwest Arkansas last year. It'll be interesting to see, again, another Royals pitching development situation. Is he going to be able to stick? Bill, beyond this top 10, how many guys would you say were kind of in the mix? You mentioned you thought this was a deepish system. How many guys would you say were in the mix for the top 10 overall? I would say we had three or four more that we really considered. Uh, Jonathan Bolin has been in the top 10 in the past. Uh, this year, he was coming off Tommy John surgery, finally got back in the mound. And we, you know, we can't really judge. You know, His first year back from TJ it's hard to judge, but uh, if he had not had the Tommy John surgery, he was on the path to get to the big leagues pretty quickly uh, several years ago. So uh, Boland certainly was under consideration. Um, Asa Lacey, uh, we could do a whole podcast on him, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, and I've been the high man on Asa Lacey, but uh, uh, there's the project. That is the big project in a minor league system for, the new pitching development people, because he still has the great stuff, the pure stuff that, uh, you know, front of the rotation stuff, uh, but he's got to, you know, he's had injury issues both years, shoulder problems in 2021, uh, ongoing back spasms in 2022. Uh, and just his mechanics have been messed up. He's just, he's got to get healthy and uh, work on his strengths more than anything. Another picture that we had up there, and one that we don't know a whole lot about yet in this organization, is Beck Way uh, that came over from the Yankees organization. Uh, many observers think that he's a reliever long term, but um, that, that's, that's one we'll see how he looks this year. So those were the ones that we consider really uh, as candidates for the top 10, that at the end we decided to put Zerpa and Jensen at the back end of it. Yeah, I want to circle back to Asa Lacey here. Just to be frank, last year was really, really, really bad. 28 innings, 42 walks, 42 walks in 28 innings, 35 strikeouts. And it wasn't just the 42 walks, 13 hit batters and 12 wild pitches, all in only 28 innings. His ERA was up over 10, just really, really, really struggled to throw a strike. How much faith is there that this is going to be fixable? I think it depends on who you talk to. And uh, again, there's still scouts that look at that and say, this is one great stuff. Uh, and I don't think we want to say that he had the yips, 
Yeah, it's it's been more mechanics related to uh, the um, the injury issues he's had. Uh, how much faith do we have that he can fix it? Uh, you know, he's got the things you can't teach: the the plus plus fastball, the wipeout slider, but uh, it's just getting it, getting everything else uh, in sync. Yeah, again, we talked about Mazzucato and Caderna being a good litmus test for this new pitching development apparatus, or you know, seeing what they can implement and how much they can improve things. You talk about the huge, huge stuff, but we see a lot of guys with huge stuff that can't throw a strike and they don't last in the majors, even as a reliever. We talk about nothing's worse than a reliever who comes in and and walks two guys. I mean, is there any hope he's a starter? Is it all relief at this point? Because this isn't just bad control. This is control that that you can't stay on the mound with. There is still hope that he can be a starter. And again, it depends who you're talking to. There are observers, scouts that uh, followed him at Texas and A&M that thought, you know, he could be a, a really good back-end reliever. So, uh, but you, you 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 keep trying to start until you get it, until that's not an option. Uh, in this organization, you could look back at the uh, failures during his career of Josh Stamont. And I don't believe his were injury-related. It was just a, a question of, uh, of throwing strikes. And there's a, a scout who's now retired, who I had a lot of respect for, that was uh, had the Royals organization every year. And he just, you know, every time when I'd talk to him about where should this, where should Stamont rank, he said, keep him up there because uh, he's going to wind up in the bullpen and he's going to be a really good back of the uh, bullpen uh, reliever. And that's really what has happened to him. So uh, we don't want to give up on Lacey yet in any role. But uh, uh, if you had asked me a year ago, I would have said, no, let's uh, let's say he's going to be a starter. He's going to be a starter. Now I'm more, well, let's see how it goes. Uh, So, you know, whether he's a starter reliever, that depends. Uh, This is a big year for him. This is a key year. Yeah, that's certainly the case. Bill, you mentioned there are a few sleepers in the system that you like. Who are some of the guys maybe that aren't getting a lot of attention right now but could end up finding their way to the majors in a few years? Well, one that uh, popped onto the list, and and, uh, I don't want to give away what's in the prospect handbook yet, but he's in the top 20, is Diego Hernandez. He's been in the system for a while. He uh, was probably 140, 150 pounds when they first signed him left-handed hitting center fielder, uh, plus runner, uh, and he's gradually gotten stronger and uh, you know made some changes to swing, uh, a, more of a line drive stroke. He started making better contact this year. And, you know, he's put on about uh, 40 pounds since they signed him. I have him listed at 185, so that would mean when they first signed him in, uh, you know, what year was that, uh, t- 2017, he was 145 pounds. But uh, – <laughs> He's a plus defender. He can stay in center field, uh, plus runner. Uh, there's a lot to be said for that. Uh, but the, the advances, uh, advancements he made with his hit tool this year uh, show that, uh, if nothing else, he's going to be a good fourth outfielder. Yeah, and you're right. There are some, some interesting talents in here. I think, you know, we've talked a lot about the pitching development, but the other thing I noticed last year, and, and I talked to you about this, I remember texting you as soon as I got back from this trip, we went coast to coast as a staff at BA. We saw thousands of players, dozens, if not over a hundred teams. And I went out to see Myrtle Beach play Columbia for a series last year, low A. And Columbia was the worst team I saw all season. And it wasn't just the lack of talent on the roster. 
the caliber of baseball they played was was shocking to see for a professional full season team. I was at a game where they made eight errors and there could have been four or five more because the home score was very gracious with some of the Myrtle Beach hitters, some choppers that were dropped. He gave hits. I mean, this was a team making 12 to 13 errors in a game, which was shocking to see. And you just watch this team play. It was just not... There's a talent shortage, but they also just played really bad baseball. And I think to me that was it was the worst of both worlds. And and seeing that from any organization, but especially a, a Royals team that is so dependent on homegrown stars, because they're they're not going to be a team that can contend to sign guys for two hundred million dollars, three hundred million dollars. Really, to me, was kind of the sign of that this is not good. You know, they're in a bad place because it's not just a, a, about a talent shortage. They're playing bad baseball. Something is really bad in their development system right now. How much are you going to be watching for? Again, we talked about the pitching development, but I, I'm almost going to be watching for on the whole everything. Are they just playing better baseball? Because that's what jumped out to me last year that that they were probably the worst team I saw all year, and it wasn't just talent; it was the caliber of baseball they played. Well, Kyle, let's talk in general about low-A baseball. One of the side effects of Major League Baseball eliminating that short season level yep. is, uh, and you and I both go to California League games, you more than me, yeah. and uh, the quality of play baseball that I've seen in the last two years and oh, the Cal awful. League has been awful. So it's not just the Royals. It's you have a lot of players that shouldn't be in low-A, that should be in short season, uh, maybe should still be in rookie ball that wind up going to low A because, well, it's time to move them up. Uh, and there's no, you know, the Royals don't have Idaho Falls or Burlington, North Carolina to send them to anymore. They have to go to South Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, really, uh, and I've been very uh, open in saying, not that uh, anyone's going to listen to me that, that cares, uh, but uh, Major League Baseball made a big mistake in eliminating that short season level, and it really has hurt uh, player development, especially for the high school players and the Latin players that needed that extra year. Um, so, uh, well, I think that that was what concerned me. Is you're right, and the most of my coverage was in the Cal League because I'm out here, so I was seeing low A baseball for the most part all year. And even in that context, that Columbia team was worse than any other low A team I saw. So I think that's where my concern was. Where Yes, I was at a game where Ranch Cucamonga hit eight batters in a game. That was really bad. I, I, I was at some games where things were really, really, really ugly. But I think even by that very low bar, Columbia was far and away the worst team I saw that played the worst baseball. And that, to me, just stuck with me all year of the Royals are in a really bad spot here. Um, but we'll see if they're able to make it better again. So it's you know new, new people in charge at the top, new coaches at the big league level. There's going to be new coordinators and coaches in the minor league system. And look, the Royals have done it successfully before, built up a good farm system and, and become a postseason contender and, and a World Series champion. Um, we'll see if they're able to do it again, but but I do think it's going to take a while. And keep in mind, too, they had some players there. Now, Kaderna, uh, Mazzucato. They came Jensen, later on during the year. Improved well, uh, but there were players like Eric Pena uh, should not have been in low A. He still, you know, he still has, the, there's hope that uh, he can become a solid prospect, but there's still advancements in hitting uh, that need to be made. Um Daniel Vasquez uh, skipped over uh, 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 rookie ball altogether and went to Columbia. So there were some players there that were really too young to be there. Uh, let's see how those guys do this year when they go to Quad Cities. And 
uh, you know, have a year of experience under their belt. Yeah. But I, while we're on that topic, though, yeah, uh, players that struggled at when they got to Columbia that you, you know, thought, okay, maybe it's too young. Let me talk about another sleeper in this organization that did well. Lazandro Rodriguez, uh, middle infielder, started the year, is 19 years old at the time, started the year in rookie ball in Arizona League, did well. Um, they decided to put him in Columbia. I thought, uh-oh, is this going to be the issue again? Uh, and I don't have his numbers in front of me, but he did well. He handled that that uh, jump to low A, full season ball, leaving the complex for the first time, uh, and did did fine. So uh, sometimes it depends on the ball player too. Yeah, absolutely. And again, we'll, we'll see what this organization is able to do. And and there are talented players here. Um, there's just a lot to fix in terms of player development. We'll see, it's going to take some time, but we'll see if they're able to make it happen. Bill, any final thoughts here as we wrap up? I want to cover one more guy if we have chance. Yeah, one more ahead. player who has never been on the top 30, but I'm fascinated by him. Uh, and I interviewed him a few months ago because he was playing over in Australia. And that's Tyler Tolbert. Uh, he's a little older for where he should be because he's already, he just turned 25. Uh, but, uh, you know, I urge everyone to pull up his stats and look at his stolen base totals in his three minor league seasons. Uh, he's 143 stolen bases in three seasons, and he's been thrown out three times. That's one time a year. And, and in 2022 at Quad Cities, he was 60 for 60 in stolen bases. Uh, now, the hit toll needs to come around, but uh, when I was doing the chat session for the Royals, somebody said, is he the next Tor- Terrence Gore? Uh, and I said, no, I think there's more to the bat if uh, he can make some adjustments. Uh, and I, when I interviewed him, uh, it was uh, we had, t- had trouble hooking up because he was in Australia and I was in Arizona. So getting the right time, I had to go out in the garage and sit in my car and interview him at midnight so I didn't disturb any anyone else. But uh he had a nice season in Brisbane, which I think uh, won that league over there. So if the bat comes around, um, at least you know that he can be a good utility guy because he can play shortstop, he can play center field, and certainly he's an 80 runner that can steal bases. So uh, that's just one to tuck away and keep an eye on. You know, look at his statistics, uh, be impressed with what he's done, and then uh, see what happens to him this year when he gets to double A. Yeah, 60 for 60 in stolen bases last year at Quad Cities. Even with the rules changes that encourage stolen bases and make it easier, that's darn impressive in, in any context. So, uh, well, when I asked uh, him about that, I, I said, you know, is it just speed on your, on your speed you're stealing? And he said, no, he goes and he studies video of the pitchers uh, and he talks to his, uh, his uh, coaches and goes through video of these pitchers and, you know, gets gets uh you know is able to get a good jump that's how you get to be 60 for 60 yeah no there's no question there's a lot more to it than just pure speed good instincts good jumps good reads it all matters bill it's been fun getting on a podcast with you again thank you so much for joining me today we appreciate your time and insight as always thanks for having me that'll do it for another baseball america podcast go ahead and give us a review on itunes spotify stitcher whatever platform you're listening on we'd love to hear from you for bill mitchell i'm kyle glazer Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Sweet. 
Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.